0: Well, hey, Rockbrook. Morning. Man, that song was awesome, right? What a beautiful prayer. Man, I love that. So another major thing that you gave us feedback on Easter weekend from, uh, yes, what you checked, but also even uh, just kind of navigating, discerning what you wrote in, uh, has to do with this topic of Uh, people-pleasing, people-pleasing. You'll kind of see as we go through this message today, exactly what we're talking about. Um, but it's, it's the fear of disapproval. It's the fear of rejection. It's being consumed with what other people think about you. If you don't deal with this issue, you're going to be miserable uh, most of your life. It's a, it's a common destroyer of happiness, and it can cause you to be controlled by other people. People who aren't even Like their intention isn't to control you or manipulate you, but because you are consumed with what they may think, you are then controlled um, by the response you want to get from them. And you miss so many things in life uh, unless you learn to not be a people pleaser. I read this article this week from a counselor who says, In my work as a counselor, few clients come to me with the primary goal of working on their people pleasing. And yet I see its fingerprints on the lives of nearly every person I work with. On the surface, it often presents itself as a fog of emotional fatigue resulting from the constant work of balancing the needs, wants, and expectations of others. It fuels many struggles with depression and anxiety. It colors relationships with an underlying bitterness And resentment. Can anyone relate to that? A relationship where there's an underlying sense of bitterness and resentment. There's an emotional fatigue, maybe even a physical fatigue of trying to meet the demands of everyone in your life, and you fear uh, their rejection. You you fear disappointing them or their disapproval. And fearing too much of what other people think of your life can cause a lot of misery in your life. At the top of your notes, read this uh, passage out out loud with me. It's a dangerous trap to be concerned with what others think of you. But if you trust the Lord, you are safe. If you trust him, you are safe. Now the King James calls it a snare. The message paraphrase calls it disabling. It's a trap. So how do you escape this trap? And what we're going to look at today is why it is a trap, how we get trapped, and then how to get out of it. Uh, But first, I I just want to kind of explain this premise a little bit more because the desire for you to win the approval of other people in your life is not altogether bad. It's a legitimate need in your life. You need the approval of other people in your life. There's nothing wrong with wanting to please your parents. There's nothing wrong with wanting to please your husband or your wife. There's nothing wrong with wanting to please your teachers or your coaches or your boss. There's nothing wrong with wanting to be loved and liked. The Bible even actually commands uh, for us uh, to please other people in many different ways. In other words, you can't just care about yourself. If you don't don't care at all about pleasing other people, if you just say, I'm only going to care what I think and nothing else, there's a term for that, narcissism. That's what a narcissist is. So there's nothing wrong with wanting the approval of other people. But like all of God's good gifts, what is a good thing can be misused. Okay, Just like uh, your need for food can be misused. Just like your need for money, for sex. Gifts from God that could be misused. And approval can be misused. And you don't want it to dominate your life. Now the premise and even kind of the tone of this message comes from John chapter 5, and I would encourage you this week to read John chapter 5 and see uh, Jesus, has got these people who are following him, and they like him, they enjoy following him, but he gets to this point where he's communicating to them, and he starts revealing to them who he is, and, and what his purpose in life is, and they don't like it. Because he's saying stuff that's disappointing them. This is going a different way than they thought it would. He's saying he's the son of God. That he's one with God. And he starts saying his purpose uh, for being on this earth. And uh, it greatly disappoints them. They're confused by it. They even pick up stones to stone him and kill him for blasphemy. But even in the face of what wasn't popular, he existed to please and serve one person. You know who that person was? God. You know what our purpose is? To please God. We exist for the same uh, purpose. In fact, that's the first uh, reason of why uh, people-pleasing is a trap, if you're taking notes, is it causes us to miss God's purpose for our life. You cannot be worried about being what everyone else wants you to be and also focus on who God created you to be at the same time. If you're always trying to be what others want you to be, you will miss God's purpose for your life. Two primary ways we miss God's purpose for our life. The first one is envy, and the second one is people-pleasing. You've heard it said uh, that God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. That's true. God loves you, has a wonderful plan for your life. You know what also is true? God loves you, and everyone else has a plan for your life. Have you noticed that? Everyone else has a plan for how, you're gonna, how you should spend your money. Everyone else has a plan of what you should do with your time. Everyone else has a plan uh, for uh, how, what you should devote your life to, what you should focus on, what you should think about, and what you should spend your life doing. And if you listen to those plans, you will miss God's plan. 1 Thessalonians 2 uh, 4 says, our purpose is to please God, not people. He is the one who examines the motives of our hearts. So if I pursue the approval of other people, I can miss God's purpose for my life. Another reason, if you're taking notes, it's a trap, is it keeps me from growing in my faith. Trying to please everyone else stunts our ability to grow in Christ. When God is big in our lives, people have less power in our lives. But when we allow people to be big in our lives, God's power becomes diminished. And we can fall into the trap of giving to people what really belongs to God. We give people authority and influence that really belongs to God. God and people cannot be of equal size in our lives. We have to choose who we are going to give more influence to. Whose approval are we going to seek more? Whose opinion matters the most? Okay, here's a passage out of John 5 I was just talking about. Jesus says, how can you believe Since you accept glory from one another, but do not seek the glory that comes from the only God. A people-pleasing mentality hinders our ability to grow in our faith. Another way it traps us is it leads us to sin. And next to that, you could write two words, peer pressure. Now, when we think of peer pressure, we typically think of teenagers, How many of us as teens heard that if everyone else jumped off a bridge, would you jump off a bridge too? Like there's just some bridge out there I need to be afraid of because people are just all there and I may get caught up in this thing. But my hunch is that those of us who are older have the same exact struggle. The bridge looks a little bit different, but it's the same exact struggle. It's, It's pressure from people and it's the desire to please other people. A large percentage of the stuff I do wrong and a large percentage of the stuff you do wrong is the result of giving in to pressure from the people around us, from the culture around us, from the environment around us. This is why God says, Exodus 23:2, do not follow the crowd in doing wrong. In scripture, time and time and time again, we see people who loved God, loved God, yet in their own way, they jumped off a bridge because other people wanted them to do that. They followed the crowd in doing wrong. I think of Peter, one of Jesus' best friends, who, who loved Jesus. Jesus healed his mother-in-law. They walked on water together. Peter saw Jesus do amazing things. Yet, when Jesus was getting arrested in order to please the crowd, Peter says, well, I, don't, I don't know him. I don't know the man. And Peter, denied knowing Jesus, jumped off the bridge. Pilate, during Jesus' trial, knew that Jesus was innocent. Pilate even said, I find no fault in this man. But to please the crowd that yelled, crucify him, Pilate jumped off the bridge and had an innocent man crucified. Joseph, in the Old Testament, uh, Joseph's 11 brothers conspired to sell Joseph into slavery. And none of them decided to speak up and do what was right. Reuben sort of tried, but ultimately decided, they decided to jump off the bridge too. Twelve Israelite spies convinced an entire nation not to trust God. Not to trust God's promise. A whole nation decided that they would believe this group of men rather than believe God. When King Saul was newly appointed, a newly anointed king, the prophet Samuel spoke to him, gave him a word from God, said you need to get rid of all the idolaters in the land. Other people talked Saul out of doing what God wanted. And Saul later confessed to Samuel, he said, I've sinned, I cared more about pleasing people, so I let them tell me what to do. And it might be worth asking, in what area of my life am I caving into the expectations of other people? You see what a big deal this is in scripture? You see how many accounts and stories we read throughout scripture where people were fulfilling God's purpose, they were on the right track, And they deviate because of pleasing people. In what areas of my life am I doing what's wrong? To win the approval or to avoid the rejection of other people. Where am I jumping off the bridge into peer pressure? Another way uh, that it traps us is it causes hypocrisy in our lives. We're trying to gain the approval of others. And when you have hypocrisy in your life, what you do is you wear a mask. So you put on one persona of your life to this group of people You have another mask, another version of you in front of this person and another mask, another version of you in front of these people. And folks, nothing is more exhausting, more anxious and more depressing in life than trying to win the approval of all these different people. Luke 16, 15, Jesus said to them, you like to appear righteous in public, but God knows your hearts and what this world honors is detestable in the sight of God. God wants us to be consistent, not full of hypocrisy or wearing masks. The fear of disapproval can cause us to, to compromise things, things that are important, that things like the truth. This is why we would rather say things that are socially acceptable rather than what's true. But in, integrity has to become more important than popularity. Our, our prayer needs to be, God help me Make my integrity more important than approval, more important than disappointing people. And that's how we stop wearing these masks and put off hypocrisy. And finally, another way it silences or it traps us is that it silences our witness. There's an account in the Gospel of John where Jesus heals a man. Heals a man who had been blind his entire life. And you would think that that would be a day of celebrating, that that would be a day of giving God glory and declaring God's glory. But it doesn't roll out that way. Uh, Because some religious leaders get to the man's parents and ask, uh, who do you think uh, this Jesus is? And instead of saying, well, Jesus healed our son and we believe that he is God— They say, why don't you go ask our son yourself? And scripture tells us that they did that because they were afraid of what the religious leaders would do and think of them. And unfortunately, we find this all over the New Testament. John chapter 12 uh, says many people, including leaders, including leaders, believed in Jesus, but they wouldn't talk about it publicly out of their fear that the Pharisees would expel them from the synagogue. They loved human approval, More than they love the approval of God. I wonder who around me would hear about the gospel, would hear about Jesus Christ if I did not fear what they would think or what they would do, if I wasn't so worried about human approval. Now, you know that there are times when you are down and discouraged because of your fear that you are going to or you have disappointed someone. You know there are times where you are anxious because you fear rejection. You know there are times that you struggle because you haven't won this person's approval in your life. How do we break free from these traps? What are the antidotes to approval addiction? Well, Jesus said that if, so if we're in a trap, Jesus said if you know the truth, the truth will what? Set you free. So we need truth to set us free from this trap, from this snare from this disablement in our lives. And these truths, we need to memorize them, we need to burn them into our memory because it's gonna be in high-pressured situations where you're pressured to say yes when you should say no or you're pressured to say no when you should move forward and say yes. When you're down, when you're discouraged, when you're upset because of what someone might think of you that you've gotta remember these truths. Number one, the first truth I've gotta remember is even God can't please everyone, hello? Hello? I mean, right now there's people praying for different teams to win. And some people are praying for the Royals to win. Some people are praying for the Angels to win. Half of the people are going to be disappointed. Some people are praying for sunshine in spring. Some people are praying for snow in the middle of spring. The people are going to be disappointed. And sometimes God has disappointed you because you prayed and you asked for that thing to happen and God said no. No. And sometimes God has to disappoint people, people that he loves. And so why do I think I could go out and please everyone? Even God can't please everybody. And sometimes God says no to the prayers and requests we bring. So do you think you can please everybody? Only a fool would set out to do what even God can't do. In fact, Jesus said it like this. He said, woe to you when all men speak well of you. Woe to you when all men speak well of you. He's saying because if everybody likes you, it it means you stand for nothing. You're a chameleon, you're a cop-out, you're a wimp, you're wishy-washy. If everybody likes you, you have no convictions, no beliefs. Because the moment you take a stand, someone will stand against you. The moment you take a stand, someone's going to stand against you. Woe to you when all men speak well of you. The only time everyone is going to speak well of you is at your funeral and you won't even be there to hear it. Number two, I don't need anyone's approval to be happy. You don't need anyone's approval to be happy. What other people think of you has no relationship to your happiness unless you choose to let them manipulate you. You can't please everybody. God doesn't expect you to please everybody. Disapproval doesn't have to ruin your happiness. As Some of you have spent all of your life trying to please an unpleasable person. Even though they're unpleasable, you have set out to earn their approval. You have tried to win the approval of an unpleasable person. But the truth is you're putting yourself in a self-inflicted prison. You haven't gotten their approval yet. And guess what? If you haven't gotten it by now, you're never going to get it. It's not your fault. It's not your fault they're unpleasable. It's not your fault that you solve this problem and, then, and now, okay, here's just another problem to solve. You make this improvement, there's no recognizing it, there's no approval, there's no encouragement. It's just, well, here's the next thing to improve. Here's the next thing to do. And it's not your fault, that's not your problem, that's theirs. You may be 50, 60 years old and you're still trying to get someone's approval. You're not going to get it, they're unpleasable. But you don't need their approval to be happy. Let it go. Again, from John chapter 5, the crowd is getting upset. And uh, Jesus says, your approval means nothing to me. The bigger God is in your life, the smaller people are are in your life. The bigger you make people in your life, the smaller God is. And when Jesus is number one in your life, it sets you free from approval addiction because you're focused on pleasing him. If you're looking to a human to meet all your needs, you will be disappointed your whole life. Because that's what we do. We disappoint each other. You can't put a person in a place in your mind and in your heart that only God should be. People will disappoint you. It's better to find your happiness in God. Look at this amazing verse. I know many of you in our church cling to this verse. It says, even if my father and mother abandon me, the Lord will hold me close. Let's go to number three third antidote to approval addiction is what seems so important now is only temporary. The reason you become a people pleaser is you put more emphasis on the here and now rather than eternity. When you have short-term thinking instead of long-term thinking, you're going to get messed up on this. What seems so important right now is only temporary. The things that, that you think are really important right now later aren't going to matter as much. If I were to ask you the five most important things to you, your five biggest concerns in high school, how many would those, would those still be on the list today? Not many of them. Probably none of them. None of them matter but even five years from now. They seem so important now. But what's so important right now is only temporary. 1 John uh, chapter 2 says, For all that is in this world... And then he names three things, three big umbrellas that actually we see these things all throughout scripture of the temptations of sin, the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, and the pride of life is not from the father, but from the world. The world is passing away along with its desires, but whoever does the will of God remains forever. Notice he's comparing short-term thinking with long-term eternal perspective. Short term thinking leads to people pleasing. Short term thinking leads to anxiety. Short term thinking leads to major disappointment. It leads to depression. Because if you think in your life that uh, what's happening, what this, this person that's disappointed you, this disappointment that you're going through, or this negative emotion that you're experiencing right now, it's temporary, but you can convince yourself it's permanent. And then once you convince yourself it's permanent, guess what? It lasts a long time. You got to remember, no, this is temporary. It came to pass. I'm not going to live in this emotion forever. I'm not going to live in this disappointment forever. God will make a way. An An eternal perspective leads to freedom. That leads to the fourth antidote, and that is I only have to please one person. I only have to please one person, and that's my creator. I only have to please the one who made me, we got to learn to live for an audience of one. You only need one person's approval. That's God's. This simplifies life immensely. Look at what Jesus says in John chapter 5 again. He said, I seek not to please myself. He's throwing another curveball in here. These people are upset with him. He says, you think I'm here to please you? I'm not even here to please myself. I'm living for an audience of one and that one isn't even me but him who sent me, it's God. You may never realize it, but, but people-pleasing, uh, this is going to sound harsh, but you'll see what I'm saying here. It's a form of idolatry because anything you put before God is an idol. And when I'm a people-pleaser, I allow someone to take first place in my life. Because what am I thinking about all day? I'm thinking about what are they going to think about this? Am I going to win their approval? Or am I, am I fearing their rejection? Uh, are they going to be okay with this? And you're making someone so big that there's no room for God to be big. For no room in your life for God to be bigger. And I allow someone to take first place in my life. Because their opinion matters to me more than God's opinion. And Jesus says, I'm not even here to please myself. I want to be like Jesus. Jesus. I don't want to gauge my decisions based on only what I feel or what makes me feel good, but what honors God. This is why at Rockbrook we talk about being purpose driven. And, and if you've come through Growth Track, uh, we explain that there more in depth. But it's because everyone, every person, and every church is driven by something. We're driven by something or driven by someone. And we want to be driven by what honors God. We want to be driven by the purpose he created us for. The purpose he created us for. The purpose he created the church for. It means our number one desire is to honor God. I gave you a quote from Jesus here. Let me give you one from Paul, Galatians 1.10. He says, am I now trying to win the approval of human beings or of God? Am I trying to please people? If I were still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. Their opinion doesn't matter more than God's opinion. Remember, you only have to please one person. Let's go to number five, the fifth antidote, the fifth truth to remember. is One day I will give an account of my life. And when you remember that, it moves you into long-term thinking. Because in each situation you ask, am I going to please God in this situation or am I going to please this person? Do I want God's approval or do I want this person's approval? Romans 14, 12 reminds us, yes, each of us will have to give a personal account to God. And when you take that long-term look and realize I'm going to give an account one day, it gives you the ability to stand up to peer pressure, to stand up to disappointment, to stand up to the fear of rejection, to even stand up to the lust of the eyes, the desire of the flesh, stand up to yourself even. And in that peer pressure moment, I need to remember what Jesus Christ did for me on the cross. That he didn't deny me. He didn't back down for me. He died for my sins and I owe him my life. He created me. He saved me. He forgave me. He's taking me to heaven. I remember that one day I'm going to give an account to God. Integrity is more important than popularity. One more thing I need to remember when I'm under pressure is number six, and that is that God created me to become like Christ. From the very beginning, God decided that those who came to him should become like Christ. When you get to heaven, God isn't going to say, why weren't you more like your brother? Why weren't you more like your mother? Because God made you to become like Christ. He's not going to ask, were you popular? He's not going to ask, did you make everybody happy? He won't ask, did you become what other people wanted you to become? He's going to say, did you become like Christ? Romans 12 tells us that the world is trying to have us become something. And it's trying to fit us into the mold of our culture. It's trying to just create cookie cutter people that fit and reflect the culture. But God is trying to transform us. By the renewing of our mind, by the renewing of truth, by the washing of his word, so that we can become like Christ. God's desire for you is that you become like his son. I want to show you a passage today, two verses. I've taught you a lot lately on one of them, on the first verse. I want to show you the verse right after it today. It says, and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. What's that purpose? For God knew his people in advance and he chose them to, read that with me, become like his son so that his son would be the first mo- firstborn among many brothers and sisters. God's primary purpose for mankind is for them to become like Christ. God's purpose for your life is good. God did not Put you on earth to fulfill the purpose of somebody else. God did not put you on earth to fulfill the purpose of the world. But God's plan for you is good. It meets all of God's demands and it moves you towards true maturity in the faith. Now listen, if someone in your life is urging you to do something that would make you more like Christ, that's a good thing. You should do that thing. Not to appease them, but because they care about your primary purpose. I mean, there's so many things in my life that if I waited around to change them until I felt like it, I'd be waiting around a long time. Probably never happened. All the devil would have to do is make sure I never feel like it. But there are people in my life who said, we're going to work on this thing. And they've pushed me to push me to grow in my faith, to grow, to become like Christ. And I'm thankful for them. I'm thankful that they had a desire to help me honor and please my God. These six truths will set you free from the people-pleasing trap. Now again, the desire for approval is a good thing, but it can be misused. The desire for approval is a desire to belong. Deep in the heart of every person is a desire to belong. And that God-given desire is part of your unique design and purpose. That's why... I just want to remind you of uh, something we released two weeks ago on Easter weekend. It's available in the lobby today and it's a study that you could go through uh, with testimonies from people in our church, a short teaching from me. You could discuss that with somebody. There's daily devotionals and I really think it's a great next step especially out of this week's message as you find this balance of a desire to belong and to belong, to belong to God, to belong for a purpose, to belong to his spiritual family, godly friends, but to, to seek to honor him as number one in your life. And you can pick this up in the lobby today. It's actually been so popular, we ran out of DVDs and we got more coming in in the next couple of days, uh, but you could still pick up a study guide and I think we've made a way for you to access those videos another way in the short term. But I invite you to do that today. Years ago, uh, someone did a prank, and uh, I like pranks. I like pranks that don't hurt anybody and that are like super creative. And someone went into a Walmart at Christmas time and they switched all of the price tags, like everywhere, like even from other departments and all this kind of stuff. So uh, a TV that's supposed to cost $750 costs like $2.50, and shampoo that's supposed to cost $1.97 costs, you know, over $1,000. And uh, that's a good prank. You know, it took Walmart all day to get everything back to normal and everything. But you know what? That's what Satan has done. Is he switched all the price tags. And what we think is valuable in life, uh, Jesus says it's detestable to God. Like what we value, what we're going to put people up on a stage in an award show. You ever watch an award show and then go watch or listen to the stuff that they just gave out trophies for? It's detestable. He says that's what this, it's because Satan has switched the price tags. What we think is worthwhile, what we think is valuable, what we think is worth our time is really meaningless, while the stuff that we put off, that we say, well, that's not important right now, I can get around to that, is the stuff that's really valuable. That's why I think it's so funny. Jesus says that uh, the, the streets in heaven are made out of gold. It's just like what you value, what you are focused on, what you think is so worthwhile on earth, that's a chunk of street in heaven. The price tags are switched and we need the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of discernment, the, the spirit of perspective in our life to know what is really worthwhile, what's really expensive, and what's really worth devoting our life to. And we need the spirit It says, I want the approval of God. I want to honor God in my life. Let's pray together. Father, you know how often I let other people's approval or disapproval control my life. God, I've done things that I I didn't really want to do. I've said yes when I wanted to say no. I've said no when I wanted to say yes please forgive me. Help me remember these truths that I I can't please everybody. I don't need to please everybody. What seems important is only temporary. I only have to please one person. And one day I'm going to give an account of my life. So help me to become like Christ. Give me the courage to make the right decisions in my life that would honor you. To say yes to the right things. And I want to begin today by saying yes to you. Yes, Yes, Jesus Christ, come into my life. You know me completely and love me unconditionally. Jesus, come in and save me. God, start changing me. I don't want to be squeezed into a mold by the world. But from this day forward, I want to make you what matters most to me. God, it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.